This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Today, on our first episode, we'll take a couple minutes to introduce you to our co-host Cameron Brandt and learn a bit about the early days of EPFR. So why are we doing this? Every day, our teams have conversations about events, trends, and ideas that have relevance around the world. We view this podcast as a way for us to share those discussions, as well as to open up a dialogue between our clients and partners globally around those very topics. And with that, let's meet Cameron. My name is Cameron Brandt, and I'm Director of Research for EPFR, which is one of the brands in the Informa Financial Intelligence stable. How long have you been with EPFR? Uh, I'm closing in on my uh, second decade here. A pre-global financial crisis. Pre-global financial crisis. When I first joined the company, our uh, bread and butter product was a securities newsletter covering the Russian and uh, emerging European markets, which were slowly springing into life. (laughs) What were you doing before EPFR? So uh, I took a, I studied economics and political science in university, but then took a lengthy detour into journalism. Uh, I've always been fascinated by uh, different cultures, um, the way society works. Uh, that uh, career took me towards the end into a conceptual newspaper based here in Boston called, modestly enough, The World Paper. Uh, which tried to find common themes for a network of of newspapers, mostly in emerging markets. Um, They, since they were all in development mode, were most interested in economics and how uh, both to manage growth and to get more of it. Um, So um, I, I had some experience talking about mutual funds even before I joined the company because they there was definitely considerable interest in uh, you know, new financial vehicles for their growing middle classes. What is it that EPFR does? EPFR tracks the flows and allocations data as reported from a universe of mutual funds that uh, currently embraces nearly 120,000 share classes with uh, over $34 trillion uh, in assets under management. Um, This data, while it is not the complete universe of cross-border flows, uh, represents a very pure slice that uh, allows our client base uh, to extract signals, um, identify inflection points, and uh, develop into factors that support their decision-making. The value of the data lies in the fact that mutual funds um, tend to have similar structures regardless of whether domiciled, and that structure has not changed enormously over the past three decades when we have been tracking them. This means that it is very easy for uh, our clients to make meaningful comparisons uh, across both time and borders. 
So very much a macro view of the world. Is there any value for bottom-up investors? As we have uh, increased our coverage over time, we have been able to achieve the kind of critical mass that has allowed for credible derived data sets to be developed off the as-reported ones. Um, This was initially done with what we call country flows, which is a proxy for the uh, cross-border portfolio capital flows that are tracked by big multilaterals like the IMF and World Bank. Uh, Recently, we uh, took that uh, down a level to the stock the stock level uh, and have developed a database that uh, tracks uh, the the money going in and out of individual securities, uh, which our clients can filter by fund type, fund domicile, um, active versus passive, and a number of other key metrics. What's your approach to the research that's driven by the data? My aim with the research is to make sure that our clients are aware of inflection points, both on a sort of day-to-day macro basis, but also within the fund industry itself. Uh, A good example of this would be the um, exponential growth of uh, SRI ESG funds, uh, starting in the middle of 2016. Um, another example of this would be the fact that this year we have seen a marked jump in the role that funds domiciled in emerging markets are playing in the flows to from emerging markets bond funds. Contrary to some public perceptions, uh, mutual funds are no longer a U.S.-only product. Um, When we first started tracking them, over 95% of those that we did track were domiciled in in the U.S. or Europe. Uh, Today, the share of the funds that are domiciled in the U.S. is less than 50% of our total coverage. Um, with uh, Europe and Japan still accounting for the bulk of the balance, but um, non-traditional domiciles growing, certainly in percentage terms, uh, at a a very rapid rate. Who are your clients? The clients uh, range broadly. Uh, Historically, they have been the usual suspects, uh, investment banks, brokerages, uh, financial services companies, but um, when the great financial crisis hit, uh, we saw a marked uh, broadening of our customer base. We now count roughly a quarter of our sales from um, government regulators, multilateral agencies such as the World Bank, uh, and non-governmental organizations. Um, in the traditional area, We still derive about 50% of our revenue from the sell side, but are seeing more dynamic growth on the buy side. 
What does the buy side do with the data? As much as the buy side tells us what they do with the data, they are creating factors with the flows and allocations data that they mix into their investment processes to increase, generally to increase alpha, though we have been seeing more interest in risk management over the past 18 months. What about the sell side? The sell side uses it to engage their clients uh, to explain the general pattern of investment decisions being made by their buy side operations. What do you find most interesting about the EPFR data? I'm particularly enjoying, if that is the right word, the fact that because our coverage has expanded so dramatically in recent years, Uh, A considerable number of the filters that we have, be they domicile, currency, or more esoteric ones, such as uh, hedge fund, gold fund, and silver, uh, now have uh, enough of critical mass of uh, data behind them to produce credible signals. So, um, you know, over the past five years, really on a near-monthly basis, some combination of our filters, which before were, <laughs> um, you know, worthwhile but thin, um, are now sending meaningful signals and allow us to, you know, alert our client base to uh, aspects that before we really couldn't. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast.